So uh, what's been the highlight of your trip so far? Uh, Niagara Falls, definitely. Not even a question. Obviously, it's nice being here at Mom's right now. It's definitely nice to kind of not be working for a little bit because I haven't had a vacation this long in, I think, ever. But Niagara Falls was beautiful, so definitely Niagara Falls. This your longest vacation ever? What's it like? It's like two weeks? Two weeks? How um, long are you? Um, I'm going to be pretty much pretty on boring. vacation for like a month, technically. Because wow. my last day was September 2nd. I moved into my apartment October 2nd, so around that time I'm going to be getting back into the flow of work. So it's going to be about a month, which is crazy for me. Cause I don't you already, you already got a job lined up. Um, I'm in the process, uh, interviews and things that I have coming up here in the near future, hoping, so uh, you won't be in like six weeks off then possibly and possibly could be longer. I mean, I'm financially set up, so I'll be fine for that, that time for sure. But, Damn. um, yeah, no, it, could be a minute and I'm not mad at it at all. I don't do this quite often, so <laughs> I'm happy with it. Damn, that's kinda tough. So you and you and uh your girlfriend both are set up to where y'all like is she is her job set up already or is she gonna interview um, she when has, So when she gets down there, um idea is going to a temp agency in and for anyone who doesn't know, temp agencies pretty much, they can line you up with a job on the spot that day. It may not be, obviously it's a temp agency, so they're going to be temporary, but they're jobs that you can go in and out of without having any repercussions like, oh, you got fired or you quit jobs and things like that. So making money in the meantime, trying to find your long-term job. So that's where she's going. I may have to go down that route if I don't get something lined up quickly, but Either way, we'll definitely be able to easily make ends meet for sure. That sounded like a dad <laughs> make ends meet. I sound like a father, but yeah, no, we should be in a great situation for sure. That's really interesting. That's really interesting for sure. Uh, by the way, this is Kyle on the line with Keenan of the Warner Brothers podcast. Uh, Keenan is on the road. If you haven't gathered, he is moving to Tampa. You haven't gathered between this, the beginning of this conversation and past conversations. So, uh, yeah. So sound, that sounds fun. That sounds interesting. That sounds kind of stressful. I don't know how, I don't know. Honest, that would, honestly, I it mean, hasn't been stressful. I mean, maybe coming up to the be. date, but like for right now, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying, I went to the Ray caverns for anyone who doesn't know. Cause I didn't know where they were at all. Uh, they're in Virginia, Luray, Virginia. One of the most you want to give, me, what? give the people a description of what that is? I was uh it's honestly hard to describe. It is it's like basically like an underground cave, it feels like, that was made by water and like kind of how like the rocks and everything's set up from there, and it's just a gorgeous sight. Like you have like pictures can't even describe like the sight when you get there. If you were to go, I suggest anybody who likes that kind of thing to go there for sure. But man, oh man, it's, it's a beautiful site. Absolutely gorgeous site. I didn't, I never even knew about it. Never heard about it until dad brought him up and she's, I, I, I could go again for sure. That beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Okay. And, uh, you said that type of thing. So like, you, is it like a date? Like how would you describe it? Like a nature thing? Like a kind of, a. 
on it. Almost kind of sounds like a one of one kind of thing. Kind of like it honestly is a one of one kind of thing. And honestly, it, you don't even have to like really be into like nature, nature to want to go through it. It's just like really, it's just a really dope thing. Like it's just really, I can't even explain it. It because Dad couldn't explain it to me, and I was like, how could you not explain it? Like it, that doesn't make sense. And then. I now understand what he means. It's really hard to explain. You'd have to see it in pictures, and then you'd have to go to just experience it. It's like so one of those things you can't just experience. You have to experience. You suggest a Google image search first. Yeah, just to get an idea. Even, yeah, but that won't even do it justice. Really. No, it won't. It really won't. It's the same thing with Niagara Falls. Like you go to Niagara yep. Falls, and it's like, all right, I see the photos. I see like, oh, that must be cool. But then you actually go to see the falls, and it's like, okay, this doesn't even compare to what the photos give. Like the experience of it, just whole new, whole new aspect, whole new ballpark. Crazy, crazy. Well, you know, I might have to check this out myself. Yeah, you should honestly. Well. Uh, football though. So it's Wednesday evening right now. Wednesday Eve, my goodness. So we're, on the, we're on the eve of you know week two because mm-hmm. we'll have uh, Thursday night football tomorrow. I believe it is it's Giants Redskins tomorrow. Yes, it is. And actually, speaking of the NFC East, did you see Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot because the Cowboys can't do anything right? So like these things just keep happening. I did not see that. No, he broke his foot. He's out indefinitely. Obviously, with a broken foot, but. They just obviously with Lyle Collins getting suspended for five games because he can't stay off drugs and like, yeah, no, I, the Cowboys are probably just gonna spiral down and go like seven and ten when they should be a twelve and five team. But anyways, go on. You think it's a twelve and five team off rip? What? You think they're twelve think, and five? Team I, think, I think talent wise, they have the capability of being anywhere from ten and seven to twelve and five. Do I think they will be? That remains to be seen, obviously, because it's the Cowboys, and as Stephen A. would say, what can go wrong will go wrong, because that always does. But they definitely have the talent to be 12-5. and five. They have one of the most potent offenses in the entire league, and then their defense, they have pieces. So like they really do have pieces on defense. It's just if they can not be the Cowboys. That's essentially... Because like if, if you took out the Cowboys and put them as the Seahawks... Like just change like that whole entire roster and just made them the Seahawks. They'd probably be at twelve and five, thirteen and four. So you're saying if this was the same exact team coached by the so like if this was like Pete Carroll yep. coaching yep. the yep. same roster. Yep. Uh, and maybe right. and maybe even maybe even the jersey. I, mean, I don't know what it is, but like if you just took the same team, put them in Seattle, they'd probably be twelve and five, thirteen and four. Honestly, like I'm not happy. I'm not. Mike McCarthy, I don't think is great. He doesn't. I was watching Hard Knocks once when I was um on my fantasy trip, mm-hmm. and he just has no conviction to like you know how Mike Tomlin speaks and everyone in like the janitors it feels like are listening and like you like want to be a better janitor because he makes you feel that way. Mike McCarthy just doesn't excite anybody. Like I I listened to him and I was like I'm not ready to play football. Like, I'm just ready to go chill. Like, relax. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a motivating coach at all. And for that team, that's what they need. He's very similar to Jason Garrett, for sure. Mm-hmm. I was with a Super Bowl ring, this and that. But, yeah, very similar to Jason Garrett. I agree with you. Doesn't, doesn't seem like the biggest leader. But, you know, offensively, yeah, he does bring some sort of, I guess, I don't want to say genius, but, you know, he's an offensive coach for sure. But yeah. 
He'd yeah, be great as a coordinator. Nine. Would not been. What's up? I said he would have been great as a coordinator, not as like an actual coach. But go on. True. Well, I mean, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring too, so I mean, you can't can't really say that. But I don't know if he he'd have been my choice for the uh, for the Cowboys, especially after Jason Garrett. You know. No, but, he, you need an established, an established coach with an established kind of it's that pedigree in a sense to be a coach to this coach of the Cowboys like someone like Jim Harbaugh would have been I would someone I would have thought of and like oh that's a guy that I would like yeah or even a defensive minded coach I don't think Dallas has had a defensive minded coach since Wade Phillips which is like at the beginning of Tony Romo's career yeah I think like, when they had Drew Bledsoe yeah quite a while ago, you know during that T.O. era but uh yeah, Cal- who knows? Cowboys going Cowboys probably. Yeah, uh, that was course. a great Thursday night game. That was a classic opening game, really oh, between that the Bucks real. and the Cowboys. Dak looked Brady, good. Brady, Dak, out. Dak looked great. Uh, you know, I know you watched that game. What did your Sunday viewing schedule look like? Um, be, the being in Tennessee. Um, being in Tennessee, obviously, yeah, we don't have. I don't have Sunday ticket because Directv thinks it's cool, and Sunday ticket thinks it's cool that you only can have Directv. Anyway, and obviously, me being on the road, don't have it, so that's garbage. Anyways, so obviously, being in the Northeast, your games typically that are on are all Northeast games. So you would see like the Jets when they played Carolina, and th- being here, the games that were televised was Atlanta, Philly. Um, Arizona, t- Tennessee, where Arizona looked like the best team in football. They're not, but Chandler Jones, they made me miss Chandler Jones. Five sacks, two forced fumbles. He was a man amongst boys. And then I watched the Kansas City game. I watched the Green Bay game. With, yeah, and then I watched the Monday night, Sunday night and Monday night games. Oh, m- Monday night, I actually, I don't want I'm pissed off because I fell asleep in the third quarter. But anyways... Yeah, that was a wild ending. That was both teams tried as hard as they could to lose it. To lose the game <laughs> yes. at the end. Yes. Uh, I love bad football. Like, one thing I love, especially, you know, we'll get to the Patriots later, but, you know, watching the height of the Brady Belichick era, you know, the last 20 or so years, whatever. Yeah. You know, rarely did they make. You know, a real boneheaded mistake, like when it came down to when it came to decisions or like comes to throwing a pick or whatever. And so, you know, whenever I see a game like that where two teams literally are trying to give each other the game, mm-hmm. no offense to Lamar, you know, turn the ball over there, love Lamar, but you can't can't be in the pocket, not covering the ball with two hands, trying to run when the pocket's collapsing. You know, that caused a fumble. Yeah. And then Derek Carr throws a. I don't know if Derek Carr threw the pick after that. I think he did. No, like it, so, like um, he threw it before that because um, how because oh, yeah. because Lamar fumbled twice. So Lamar fumbled when it was seventeen to ten, and yeah, then he fumbled. He, fumbled, he fumbled, and then that's how the Raiders got back. Then he had that amazing run. Then they got the field goal. Then the Raiders got 30, 40 yards in thirty seconds. They just kicked a field goal. Game. Yeah, and then Derek Carr went all the way down, got to the one, threw the pick. Then Lamar Jackson was like, you know what, I'll one-up you, and I'll fumble in the pocket, and then the Raiders kicked off game-winning field goal. But Jesus, like, no, that game was wild. And even before that, like, I think they had it down to, like, I think they had it down to the goal line. 
I could be wrong here. I think this was the same possession. They got it down to the goal line, got a penalty, and then I think took a sack. I don't know what, but that was a third and long. And then, uh, yeah, Derek Carr threw up that heave to end it. The two yeah. Ravens oh, yeah, to Bay Jones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a wild ending. More bad football to come. I don't know about you, but I feel like this one week, this extra week of the NFL season, it feels like it feels like four weeks. I don't know what it is. It's only one more game for everybody else, but it honestly makes the season seem that much longer. Yeah, because um, you feel like every individual game, instead of like it just being one more game for each team, it's like, oh, like it almost feels like there's 16 more games rather than it just being one, because obviously it's like one week, but it feels like you feel the length of it. It's weird. It really is weird. It really is. And, uh, you know, the first four weeks already were kind of like the preseason to a lot of these teams. And then yeah. now you have teams who don't play. You know, you see some teams who do play some of their starters in preseason, like a quarter here and there. Mm-hmm. And it used to be when there was four preseason games, the third one would really be like your dress rehearsal for the season. You know, you play your starters three quarters. Yeah. Teams don't even play their guys in the preseason now. You got three games there. So you're jumping into the regular season dry, really, for those teams. So you almost got to throw out, for me, I feel like I got to throw out the first four to six weeks. Like the first four to six weeks are kind of almost going to be preseason for uh, for this season, especially coming off the COVID season. Like it's, it's going to, I feel like we're going to see some weird results these first four to six weeks. Yeah, and it's I mean, we- and it was weird. Like, it's weird because you have to... It's weird because, obviously, those weeks matter almost more than any... Like, obviously, the end of the season is the end of the season, but, like, you don't want to be the Cowboys or the Vikings if you think that you can make the playoffs and start 0-3. Like, obviously, you have one more game to get out of that hole, but, like, starting off the season like that just puts such a bad energy in your whole entire season... And it's hard because it's like these feel like preseason games, feels like tune-up games, but we're not a team who can afford tune-ups. You know, like, it's not like where the Patriots were doing so. It's like you could pencil the Patriots in for the NFC East when they were going on their run. So it's like they could use the first four weeks as, oh, hey, let's figure out this scheme. Let's see if this works for us. Let's try these trick plays. Like, you could figure all that out and still make sure that you're making the playoffs. For a lot of teams, they can't do that. So it's it gives it even more of like an added urgency to go. I, mean, I, kinda, I don't know if I agree with that, given, you know, with the extra game, I feel like, I feel like it does allow more room to air, for error. I feel like the first three weeks matter a little less in that regard. You know what I mean? I feel, you know, we, we see teams when it was a 16 game season, you'd see teams that could make a divisional push, you know, depending on what division you were in, mm-hmm. you'd see teams make a, a push maybe the first eight or nine weeks didn't go well. And they still, by the time it's week 16, 17, are still making a wild card push. I think those, you know, that'll be even easier to do now with that extra game, you know, now with the increased, you know, that one more game allows you more chance of injury, uh, you know, just more room for error, more room for anything really. So I feel like we will see these teams more and more, you know, more and more often, but, a little more often who, you know, around week 11, week 12 can make the push. Cause you know, you win seven straight games with no bye week at the end of the season, a team that wasn't there before could be right in the mix 
you know, especially, and I think what they added two wild card spots to begin with these last two yeah, years, right? I was going to say there's seven teams, yeah. so it's so gonna, think, it'll make things definitely wild at the end of the season. I don't know. I guess for me, it's just the less, the one less preseason game. I think it just makes it depend because like it, one less preseason game, I think it makes quarterbacks and makes some of your star players have to play a little earlier than normal in preseason. And I don't know if they're going to get used to doing that or not. That's all kind of my, my point on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're one of these teams who's not playing them at all, then you're, you're coming in completely fresh in a way, but also, you know, not so fresh in a way you're not, you don't get that game action. You're yeah. obviously body's going to be healthy, but you know, you're not going to be, maybe up to game speed. So that's why I think a lot of these coaches who aren't playing their uh, playing their regular guys in the preseason, yeah, they've got to be throwing the first four or five. Not throwing it out the window, but you're not a lot like what Bel- we talked about Belichick last time, a lot like what he does. You're seeing what you got those first five weeks. You're not you're done. Preseason. So yeah. I, that's why I think I'll, we're really going to get a feel for all of these teams, most of these teams, around week seven through 17. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's it's not a huge deal if a team goes 0-3, maybe even 0-4 to start. But you mentioned some of the games you watched. I was, I was about uh, to ask you, which games were you able to watch? Where did you? So I watched, obviously watched the Patriots game for 4.30 Sunday. Yeah. Uh, what was the 1 o'clock game? Oh, yeah, Bill's... Uh, Bill Steelers, that was a great Steelers. game. Yep. That was a really good game. Uh, I like the Steelers' defense. And then I uh, watched the Sunday night game, watched the Monday night game, watched last Thursday's game. But, yeah, did not get to watch as many games as I liked mm-hmm. on uh, opening Sunday. But, no, some good games. Where do you want to start? You want to start with our Patriots? You want to start with, uh, with the Bills losing? Did you see – I don't know, like, what highlights you've seen? I've seen, seen pretty much – I've seen highlights of every team – I watched. I watched highlights. I've seen highlights of every team, and I've gotten a gist of about how every game went this week. So, um, really, yeah, I was. I've had a lot of time being off. I've had a lot of time. So I've actually. Really? So I had, and also with fantasy football, I keep up with that so much that I kind of have. I keep like a running tab of things that are going on, which is why I'm so. I can't even I can't even describe how upset I am that I don't have Sunday ticket. But that's neither here nor there. So I want to hear what you gathered then from uh, the Patriots and Dolphins game. Week one, Matt Jones, first star. Uh, you know, what? what's your feelings with the squad? From the highlights you've seen, from maybe what you've listened to, on you know, podcasts, yeah. or this and that, et cetera, et cetera. Tell me. From what, what, what you gathered. From what I gained was Matt Jones looked good. Looked cool mm-hmm. under pressure, looked calm, very efficient. I think it was like 74% that he completed of his passes, which yeah, gave, he, gave, actually. He, he gave you that old school Tom Brady feel. From what I've got, like obviously it's one week and it's not that it's like this Tom Brady, but like that 2001, 2002 where he's not going to put the ball in harm's way. He's gonna. He seemed cool under pressure. Obviously, it's one game, so you're not gonna get a sample size in just one game. But mm. it didn't seem like the moment was too big. Okay. Also, from what I've also from what I've gathered, Damon like the running attack looked good. The Patriots looked good. It's just aside from the turnovers. I was gonna say. I was about to say the Patriots look good schematically. It's 
they lost in an uncharacteristic way, like the fumble yeah. at the 10 yard line, their penalties, things that the Patriots, you think the Patriots, they just don't do. So that's what I gathered from that, from that game. And obviously the Dolphins defense is good. Their defense, they have pieces and offensively Tua was solid Made a few plays here and there, but it was solid. But definitely a, a winnable game for the Patriots, and I feel they kind of coughed it up themselves rather than the Dolphins fully won it. Yeah, they definitely coughed it up. Um, I feel a couple ways about it watching that game. I think I was most looking forward to the defense going into this game. Yep. Like, I really feel like our defense is potential to be special. Um. There was times, you know, and this is a testament to Belichick. There was times last year, I think we had, I don't know what, between eight and 10 uh, defensive starters out last year. And there would be times, you know, where we would have a rough first half and come out in the second half with whatever defensive unit we had. And they would, you know, either leave you scoreless or without a touchdown. Like we were in a lot of games that we shouldn't have been in with that defense. Yes. You know? And uh, like the Chiefs last year, like there's no reason why the Chiefs shouldn't have blown us out when we had Brian Horace starting. But, right, yeah, but yeah, Bill Belichick a, obviously schemed up. I think it was like 23 to 16. I or oh no, they scored a late touchdown. I think they made it look yeah. worse than it actually was. But I think it was six zero, like up into the middle of the third quarter or something like that, or nine zero. It was. It, it was, was a. Been. Yeah, I was gonna say the Patriots definitely like, and he had obviously Bill Belichick probably the greatest defensive mind in for football history schemes up all those just has such great game plans and gets players who will stick to their job and executes them so yeah going on with your point of the Patriots definitely he can take less and make more with it most definitely and uh I guess I should be used to this being a Patriots fan because there's been plenty of times where I was expecting something from the defense and then week one it seemed like it wasn't as good as it should have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the Patriots win this game 21-17. That was my prediction before the game. Yep. They lose 17-16. So the defense was right where I thought it was. I thought there was going to be more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, two, I really wasn't that impressed with. At no point was, was I fearful of him. Yeah. Um, I thought McDaniel's play calling and playbook was very... Very generic, uh, which has been my gripe with McDaniels really for the last few years, especially last year. I felt like he didn't trust Cam at all, which is, you know, fair when, you know, with the weapons that we had last year, as you would have brought up. But I don't know. There were, the tight ends weren't that involved. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you didn't. You know, did, Aglahor, Aglahor, say, oh, this, oh, you're talking about this year. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Aglahor was. Uh, Probably the star of the game offensively, aside from Mac Jones for us. Like he made a lot of, a lot of big plays. Seemed to get open quite a bit. Kendrick Bourne had a few good plays. I think both. He had two big catches taken away for penalties. Um, the offensive penalties and those two fumbles, obviously, as we mentioned, especially the last one by Damian Harris, that was really the killer. I think it was eight penalties for eighty-six yards. That's not a Belichick coach offense at all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we pride ourselves on. Uh, you know, not doing mental mistakes like that. And they were all over the field. And, uh, you know, Mac Jones, his his pocket presence is really beyond a rookie. And I hate this comparison because, you know, everyone's throwing around and you even just did it. But it's true. He really does look like a young Tom Brady out there just with his, you know, that's why 
Brady kind of won the job over Drew Bledsoe is just making the safe throws with that loaded defense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just making the timely throws, uh, running the ball when you need to. So Mac definitely looks like a veteran. Uh, there's something there. I don't. I don't want to cast any aspersions on it. I saw someone say on Twitter that we're definitely going to win three win- rings with them. Uh, we'll be lucky to win one. You know, I mean, let's win one first before we win two and before we win three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. You know, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't have the arm strength Cam has, or even that uh, Tom Brady has now. But mm. his ball placement and his accuracy, he he has something there. Like he. Brady will do this thing. Doesn't really do it as much in Tampa because the offense is a little more vertical, but you would know this. Like if he had Julian Edelman across the middle and Julian kind of stopped and you might have a defender behind him, you know, Brady will throw it like low and hard to where yep. only Edelman can catch it. And Mac Jones was doing stuff like that. Like just like these pinpoint throws that, you know, would have been tough for Cam Newton that like this offense kind of thrives off of. And again, his pocket presence, that's something most rookies do not have. It's hard to uh, teach pocket he, presence. It's hard to teach your awareness. Like you can yeah. teach like you reads, you can teach how to throw a ball. Obviously you can't really teach arm strength, but you can play but it's really hard to awareness. Like yeah, his, that's hard to teach. His feels right there. So yeah. uh you know, I was completely expecting a win. I really was. So I wasn't the most happy, but it was really it came down to that fumble and then you didn't watch the game, but really what it came down to was after that we used our timeouts. You know, Belichick does this a lot, and some coaches do this. Use our timeouts before the two-minute warning, mm-hmm. which I don't always agree with. I like to keep the timeouts after the two-minute warning. Give yourself a chance as late as possible. And uh, they got they converted a third and one right before the two-minute warning. So after the two-minute warning, it was just kneels. So uh, it really was a, the definition of a 50-50 game. The Patriots lost it more than the Dolphins won it, I yep. feel. Props to the Dolphins. Uh, they think they're a contender. Uh, I don't know with Tua. I really don't. Tua. Th- that's the que- that's the one question mark. Because other than if you take quarterbacks away from every team, they may be one of the four. They may be top five most complete rosters. They're phenomenal up and down. And Tua is still obviously really young. So I mean, who knows? Yeah. I just know facing him, I wasn't at any point afraid of him. We did get a few pressures and sacks on him especially in the second half, I would have liked to see more pressure. It reminded me, as much as I hate to say this, because I know he's back in the organization, it really reminded me of a Matt Patricia defense. Uh, just as many, there was just too many chunk plays. There were too many 20, 25, you know, 15 to 25-yard pickups. Yeah. You know, that I'm not seeing. But again, week one, who the hell knows what any of these teams will look like. I was going to say, yeah, um... I was going to say, you, you've hated Matt Patricia for years and that bend-but-don't-break defense that we've had, uh, which is fine because it works if you get if you can stop them for field goals, but you've hated Matt Patricia forever, and I can't blame you. Yeah, I just wish we would have sent, and I don't know if Patricia even has any his hands on this defense at all. Um, it sounds like, it truly sounds like he is number two to Belichick. Uh, I don't know if you saw anything about Cam's, Cam made a little video about like what happened. And I, I didn't saw actually, made it, I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't actually watch it. I planned to give it a look, but the one part like I read about it was he said he came in, he didn't really know he was being cut. Like he said they were gonna go with Mac and he kind of thought he was gonna be the number two, da da da. But uh he said Matt Patricia was in the room with Belichick. So that makes it seem like, you know, he's really has a, a big role. His role is the senior advisor of the team, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I would not want him to be the successor of Belichick if Belichick were to get done in two or three years. I would not want no. this franchise to be the end of uh No, as a no, no. Absolutely not. So uh, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, I just would have seen, you know, Tua didn't try to get out of the pocket too much. I would have loved to have seen us just send five or six defenders at him, see how he handled the pressure. But again, we don't fumble there. We're in the lead. Uh, you know, it's either us up, you know, 19-17 or 23-24-17 yep. with them in the ball if we just, you know, not fumble there. So looking forward to week two. We got the Jets. That should be a win, yeah. honestly. Zach Wilson uh, looks... Zach Wilson had stretches early in the game. He was like one of seven for six yards. Like he didn't start off great, and he had a cup. His interception. The thing that I noticed also this weekend was like him and Trevor Lawrence both. Their interceptions felt like college completions, uh-huh. and I mean that as in like they when they threw the ball, it was like gaps and holes that you could fit in college because the speed of the cornerbacks or the speed of people you're playing isn't obviously NFL level. But in the NFL, those windows are much smaller, as everyone knows, and they just tried to fit it in windows that in college probably would have worked in the NFL are not going to work. But I liked what both of them did. We were talking about... I liked Zach Wilson's arm. He He looked comfortable on some throws. He just... I think they just need to get those obviously rookie kinks out where you get up to game speed of the NFL and actually play against real defenses and real NFL players consistently. I got to ask you this. Like, you know, we, we briefly talked about Tampa and Dallas. Yeah. Um, and it ended as expected. I think the Bucks got it with 90 seconds left. And I think everyone in America knew what was going to happen. Like Tom was going to go down and yeah. He was either going to lead him to a field. He was going to lead him to some sort of score, yeah. right? Which yeah. he does. So Brady's still doing this at fucking 44. And honestly, like we said, we had a long season ahead of us, like a very long season ahead mm-hmm. of us. But I don't know about you, but like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like most of Patriots nation kind of tries to ignore it. And like, I know I did, especially last year. Like, we're just like, all right, Brady, you know, it had to, it had to end at some point with Brady and Belichick. Like it just happened to end while Brady was still playing. And yeah. we all know Belichick's philosophy is he wants to get out year you know, early. Two early. Yeah. yeah, a year or two early before it's too late. And Brady's up in obviously unprecedented territory being 44 here. Yep. But I don't know about you, but there's a, a huge part of me that feels like, yeah, we got Mac Jones. Uh, we got the predecessor officially. Like the Cam Newton era is over. We're officially in that next era of New England officially now. Like it's Mac Jones. Uh, team and uh, yeah, Brady and the Bucks coming in week four, I believe. Yeah, October second or October third, sorry. And it's officially going to be you know Tom Brady versus Mac Jones. It's incredibly weird to me because I feel like you know, man, we get these same weapons last year and we just re-signed Brady the year before. We're looking at Tom Brady with this offense right here, which isn't like great. It's not explosive, but it, you know, it definitely has weapons and it definitely has something that can be versatile. I don't know what this offense is going to look like in a few weeks, but it could be dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got more could speed. Be much better, got. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, part of me is like, cool. Yeah. We have a great new rookie quarterback. We've got weapons. We've got everything we really need and want to win, but we, we very well could just have Tom Brady. Yeah. We very 12, well could have came after the Tennessee Titans loss retooled the offense that year 
And then in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs that year, and then see what happens last year, and then this year. Yeah, I don't, yeah. The difference would have been, though, I don't think we had the cap space going into last season that we did coming into this season. We could have we, we could have made a trade though. There are there, a trade. there are people out there that we could have like last year there was Kenny Galladay on the block. There was Allen Robinson on the block. There was obviously Odell prior to the injury on the block. There was obviously there was talks of Julio, but I think if you make a real push at it, there are people out there that we could have at least gotten for something last year. But that's a uh, that's something I don't really want to touch upon because it's the what if and I hate. Mm. And suppose yeah, you sound you you sound more upset than when I originally uh, posed the question. So I got I got my answer there. So yeah. uh, I heard also. I mean I don't know how true this is. Every receiver is linked to us, but Michael Thomas. That's a, supposedly a thing I, for. Uh, I would love it. I, I, Michael Thomas is in he's on my naughty list because of what he did last year in fantasy for naughty me. List? He's on my naughty list. But what do you do? What happened in fantasy? Um, so last year, because he was playing in a blowout, he got injured, and then I tried to rely on him all year, and little things like that just bother me. It's literally not his fault at all, but his his week in week out. I don't know, pissed me off, and then I thought he was coming back. Then he got into like whatever altercation thing that he did in practice, and he just, no, he just pissed me off. Obviously, if the Patriots could get Michael Thomas, I would be in love, but I, no, he's, in fantasy-wise, he just pissed me off last year. I don't want to live in the past, but I do want to bring up that that last Brady season. If and by the way, I want to say Gronkowski. Gronk looks like eight years younger. He looks yeah, like it's Gronk like looks good. Looks 2015 good. again or something. Looks real but good. So does AB. That's not that's not a shock. What's up? I said so does Antonio Brown, but like, yeah. That that's exactly what I was leading into. That last Brady season, which would have been uh, 2019. Now, uh-huh. we had Antonio Brown for one week. If Antonio Brown just stays on the roster, like if he doesn't do what. Whatever he did, like there was a whole bunch of drama there. If he just stays on the roster the rest of that year, there's a chance we win just with that roster. Just roster as is at AB. Because I think we had, we had Josh Gordon too. Uh, we started that season with Demarius Thomas. Like yeah. it looked like we had a good receiving core. Yeah, we did and a podcast. We literally did a podcast after the. I think he played against Miami. We did a podcast and we're like, yeah, sixteen and zero, then play, <laughs> because we're like, okay, we have Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon's coming back. We still have Adam in. We did. I said we said sixteen and O's in play. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. That's not that we did. I try not to say shit like that. But I there's I'll, I'll say this, I'll admit it now that like Tom Brady's gone. There was plenty of seasons after and this like I would say there's at least four seasons after the actual sixty and O's season that I really thought we had a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can't remember off the top of my head what season it was, but it was a season Deion Lewis first started with us because he was injured. Like one of his first seasons, like missed a whole season. Then he came back and he started. I think he started the first nine games. Oh, and then he got injured against the Cowboys, yes. Yeah. And I think we were, I think we left that Cowboys game at 9 0. That was 2013. That was 2013. Because that was the year we lost to the Broncos the first time in the AFC Championship game. (laughs) 
Yeah, that would have been that was the first game we lost them. The yep, first time, yeah. And then, then we lost in 2015, and that one was the Gronk, one of the best catches I've ever seen. Really, his one handed, and then we got the touchdown. We didn't get the two point conversion. I think we lost 20 to 18. Yeah, there was a few seasons during that stretch where I genuinely thought they were good enough to go 16, yeah. but I would never have admitted that at the time. That's why I'm yeah. surprised we said that on. Yeah. On Oops. air or whatever. Yeah. Speaking oh. of, but actually, yeah, no, we we really did think that team had a chance, and then just kind of dwindled down. I do think the. Uh, just want to get this out there. I mean, we talk. I know our listeners probably fucking get sick of us bringing up the Patriots of old a lot, but whatever. You know, people people forget we had Brandon Cooks one year. Like Belichick did, they did their job as trying to get Brady weapons. They really did. It just didn't seem like they made it a priority as much as maybe. They should you know, have. I like Peyton Manning at. You know what I mean? Like we didn't yeah. always try to go get him a number one. We tried to go get Josh Warren off his suspension, and we were cool with Edelman and whoever else we had. But Chris there was, yeah, <laughs> Chris Hogan, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we we managed, and you know, it's hard to remember now. But we had we were supposed to have Gronk and Hernandez. Obviously, no happened to Aaron Hernandez, and we had Gronk was often injured and we'd always try to replace him uh and it worked martellus bennett like he ended up being a formidable number two the two stints he was there yep and uh i think scott chandler we had him one year and he's also like fucking six seven six eight yeah. so we had our weapons it, just, it didn't seem like it because you know you got a lot of five eight five nine five ten white guys going across the middle it seems like but you know we had our weapons it just wasn't like like what they're doing in Tampa Bay right now with them, and they're like, yeah, let's get him AB Gronk, get him whoever the fuck he wants, which is what you should do. But you know, speaking of a, speaking Go of, a, I was gonna say, speaking of another team that. I know people. Um, I know I've heard a couple analysts saying possibly they can go sixteen and zero, or maybe seventeen and zero. Kansas Nobody's City. No, I don't think so either. Um, but did you watch the Kansas City Chiefs and Browns game? Did you see that one? I saw the highlights. Uh, I heard I, by the sounds of it, it was a really great game. And sounds it's like AFC Browns. Championship game preview is what it felt like all game. What I heard, I heard the Browns, even though they lost and they were up big, and you know they probably wanted to make a statement game. I heard that they they look every bit the part. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch more Browns. See what they have there. Um, they did not the get game. walked over. They got, I mean, Mahomes, there's one thing they need to do is they need to try to hem him in more in the pocket because when Mahomes is outside of the pocket, he's about as, as dangerous as they get. Obviously, he's Mahomes anyway, but, like, those kind of quarterbacks, especially when you have Tyree Kill, who you can cover him at first if you have, like, bracket coverages, but then once the play gets broken, it's like, okay, you've got to keep up with the fastest player in the league. Like, good luck. But, yeah, so if... If they're able to kind of keep him in the pocket and Miles Garrett can get home a few times, I think they'll have a chance of actually beating them like they did. But no, the Browns have everything you need to beat him. It's going to come down to that and Baker Mayfield if he can be clutch in the fourth. St. Louis Rams, or uh, sorry, Los Angeles Rams look really good with Matt Stafford with an, with an actual football team. Yeah, he looks. He no, looks he every looked, bit of what he's supposed to do. Looks great. Uh, you know who else didn't look? Who didn't look great? Andy Dalton. Why? Because it's Andy Dalton. They just need to start Justin Fields. I do not understand why they haven't started him yet. Like they next I this mean, week. I, it's I, not really. I don't know if it's that simple. I mean, we see. I see what they're trying to do. I mean, 
Duh. It's kind of hard, especially after just one week. I wouldn't. I'm not throwing in my rookie quarterback because I mean, what if he does suck? You know what I mean? You got to be. You got to be completely. If you're not starting your star quarterback week one, you got to make sure. You know, it's obviously because he's not ready. Because obviously, you know, you go with the best option. So I but mean, I also I, don't, me personally, I, don't... I wouldn't. I'm not starting him until. I know for a fact he's ready because, you know, you put him in there week two, week three, and he's, you know, playing like shit, throwing turnovers, loses confidence, and you're still in a position where you're trying to win, and then you go back to Andy Dalton. I don't think that's a dream scenario. Andy Dalton didn't play too bad that first half especially. But I I wouldn't go back to Andy Dalton. Like, I'm just in the mindset of he's going to make mistakes let him go out and make mistakes. Not that he's in the same situation, but Peyton Manning had a terrible rookie season. But you saw the promise, and but obviously, and obviously, it's Peyton Manning who was one of yeah. his obviously blue chip, one of the best prospects we've ever seen coming out of college. And I know Justin Fields is not that, and also the Colts had no QB. But my point is saying that let him. Make mistakes because you're not going to learn from. You got to do it, in my opinion. And I don't think this yeah. is a situation where you should just bench the guy. Like he's he's re- NFL ready, in my opinion, to go out there and at least play. Like I don't think he's worse than Zach Wilson. I don't think. Like I thought he should have been number two in the draft anyway. I don't think he's worse than Zach Wilson at all. Well, I mean, I don't know. Apparently, the Bears don't think he's NFL ready if he's not starting right now, though. I, um, I don't know why. You, you, gotta, I, but, you brought up Peyton Manning. That's one, you know, him, you know, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Those are quarterbacks who are truly NFL ready, like can read the defense, you know, this and that, this and that. And the Bears got a pretty good defense. So, I mean, they know they know what they're seeing in practice from this guy going against a good NFL defense. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Justin Fields you know, week seven and on that kind of thing. Like, I think Dalton that's when that. I was going to say they're bye weeks, week 11. He, my original thought was they're going to, I didn't think they should have done. I think he should have started week one as clearly I'm stating, but I, my thought was they're probably going to go four and five or five and like probably four and five, three and six. And they're going to lose like the last three straight games before the bye week. And then he was going to come in then because they have like the bucks, Packers and somebody else. I think I could be very wrong. I know they play the Bucks in that stretch, but yeah, no. I that's yeah. what that was. What my thought was was he's gonna come in the after the bye, which is like week twelve, and then they're playing the Ravens that week. So that's a tough game to come into. But I think that he should start now personally because I don't know. Yeah. I've never been an Andy Dalton fan, but and that's fine. But I mean, Andy Dalton, you know, he's been to the playoffs. He's been a good starting quarterback in this league. He's uh he's very much the definition of an average quarterback, but he's, he's plain. <laughs> I heard someone describe today like he's not he's not going to he's not going to raise your ceiling obviously, but he's he certainly raises your floor, which is something. That's true. You don't have a bad quarterback coming in. It's not like you got a like a Nathan Peterman or even like a journeyman Fitzpatrick. Like you got someone who's you got someone who was, I think he would have been number two to rookie of the year. I think Cam, the year him and Cam both came in. Cam won rookie of the year. I think Andy Dalton was number two. Um, he's Dalton he's was beige. Old. He is. I mean, he's, 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 he's as bland as they come. He's generic, but I mean, you know what? You know who else was? 
Alex Smith. You know what I mean? That would be my comparison to him. I think Alex Smith's a little better. He was mobile. Yeah, but uh, like I mean, Alex Andy Smith Dalton. or Teddy Bridgewater, like those quarterbacks that are kind of like plain, but they're just better. But they win games. But they they win win games. games. Andy Dalton and for me exactly, just doesn't win that's games. Exactly, that's like, exactly the type of person you want your rookie quarterback learning from. I think I don't know. I'm I'm of the mindset I never wanna just throw my rookie guys in there unless they're completely ready. You know what I mean? Like you want it, you want to give them as much chance to really learn. Like, as you were saying, learn the NFL, the difference between NFL and college. Cause that's the biggest thing you can't really, it's, it hasn't really been a thing up until these last few years where you just throw your rookie guy in there and kind of no, let him sink. And no, swim. And yeah, no, I agree to an extent for me. Cause I think when you have someone like Jalen hurts, I understand why you don't he's not a first time I understand why you don't you sit a Jalen Hurts until you feel he's absolutely ready I guess when for me when it's a top 15 quarterback unless you have a guy already there that fully confident in and for me I'm just not confident in Andy Dalton that's just who I am but like when you have a guy who's pretty who's top 15 top 20 I just think you should go with him and let him let him develop. That I guess that's just me. Like it's not like where Mahomes had Alex Smith, who Alex Smith is, who was a perennial playoff quarterback, had made a Pro Bowl. Like, well, that's actually that's not true at all. Alex Smith was before that. Alex Smith was about as rocky as you could get Alex in Smith the playoffs. Not, but like actually in the even, actual even in the regular season, Alex Smith had a very rough beginning to his career. Like, well, his, no, I meant like at the rough, time of I meant to the time when Mahomes was in the league. Oh, by the time, yeah, yeah, by the time Mahomes, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's what I was meaning. Like when Mahomes came in the league, because this was the same. This is the same thing with Kaepernick, because Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith. Yeah, he was injured in the middle of a good run with the Niners, and before that, Alex Smith was really not looking like a bust, but not looking no, he, like a number one pick either. No, not at all. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, he year one in 05 threw one touchdown to eleven picks in seven games started. Then he threw sixteen to sixteen. And then two to four in like the seven games, he wasn't looking good whatsoever. I was meaning like when Mahomes came in the league, let Mahomes sit for a little bit, and it makes sense of why you have Alex Smith in because twenty touchdowns, seven picks, twenty six touchdowns, five like actually producing at a high level before Mahomes comes in, and then Mahomes comes in, and obviously we know the rest of the best quarterback in the league. That's what I was meaning, not and when he started. But, uh, I mean, young quarterbacks, it, you really got to be careful. You know what I mean? You just, re- mm-hmm. you really got to be careful. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously was behind Brett Favre, but Aaron Rodgers sat for a few years. You know, yep. you can't tell me that didn't benefit him. And that was, you know, that was someone who was pretty highly touted too coming out. Yeah. I was so, gonna I, mean, say, you know, I think it was like the 24th see- pick and I, they had like, they reworked his mechanics and things like that. But like, obviously Aaron Rodgers, it benefited him. Not, yeah. on, not on Sunday, but <laughs> it benefited right? him throughout. Yeah, yeah. They, get, they didn't even show up this past Sunday. But whenever you see a rookie quarterback sitting when, you know, he's a talented guy, it's, you know, it's usually not just, uh, you know, there's a reason behind it. You know, the coaches see him every day. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I don't know, like send a message, you know. Obviously oh, no, no I, I, yeah, I know that, yet. but. It was the same thing kind of when Deshaun Watson didn't play week one, and then obviously there was the injury and he ended up playing like week two. It's like the little things like that, like why not? I, I don't, some things like that I just don't get, just start him. Like he feel like he, I don't know, Fields to me just feels ready. And by so the way, I, you mentioned 
you mentioned Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's first three or four seasons, he wasn't really. No, he wasn't Peyton. Peyton. He wasn't Peyton at all. But like, I Uh, think with him, he got that. He learned the NFL that way, and then he turned into what everyone thought he was going to be, and then some. For sure, for sure. But hey, there's definitely some growing pains with any young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, now, you know, going back to this kind of little debate we're having, I would say I, I brought up before. I think, I think the NFL now is about as easy as you can get. You know what I mean? I don't know if you saw Brady talking in the interview the other day about officiating now and yep i did too you, know, you can pretty much throw it wherever you want if you get a penalty or like even if you complete it, you can just throw it down the middle and you can get a penalty just for getting hit too hard so like defense isn't really a concern for for these good quarterbacks so the nfl is about as easy as it can get for these rookie quarterbacks compared to you know 10 20 30 years before yeah no uh, definitely definitely it's definitely a wide, more wide open game you're not gonna have. You're not gonna get hand to hand on the outside. You're obviously you hit, get hit anywhere up top. It's gonna be a penalty. Like they threw one on Aaron Rodgers. They threw one on Zadarius Smith when he hit Jameis. It was one of the cleanest tackles I've seen. He didn't hit him in the head. It was just a full clean tackle. They just threw it because they may have appeared to. It wasn't even close. I don't know how they called that. Oh, I actually saw. I don't know how the, they called that at all. I saw one of the worst penalties. You probably didn't see this in the highlights, actually. So it was in the Patriots-Dolphins game. It benefited us, but it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. So Mac Jones drops back. He gets sacked. Mm-hmm. He gets sacked. He gets wrapped up around the legs, and they call roughing the passer for uh, <laughs> for attack about the legs. So you can't hit the quarterback in the head, obviously. You couldn't before. Can't hit anybody in the head. Mm-hmm. Now you can't go for the legs either. And this wasn't like he was good. You know, it wasn't like the helmet to the knee, as we see sometimes, yeah. which is dangerous. This was a truly just a wrap-up around the legs tackle, and it was roughing the passer. Like, you can't – where can you hit the quarterback? You can't hit him low. You can't hit him high. you got to hit him perfectly in the shoulder-chest area. Yeah, like, you might as well uh, get him a flag. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like I, I love, I love the NFL. I love the NBA. Like they're obviously my two favorite leagues. Yeah, of course. By far. And uh, you truly cannot play defense in either one until until the postseason. Do they give you a little bit of leeway in mm-hmm. each league? And uh, but even then, the, the offense is still at advantage. I, I don't know. I, I will watch until I can't watch anymore. But you know, it is. I don't know. It seems like both sports are significantly like they're so offense advantage. You know what I mean? Like it's it's tough to watch when you're rooting as you know when you're on defense in the NFL or something yeah, like that. Cause you never know what's what's illegal now. Like what's this ref going to think is too hard of a hit? What's going to be helmet to helmet? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so spotty all over. And I feel the same way about the NBA. Like I agree. So yeah. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. Did do you have any big surprises for the week? Like any teams that you saw that surprised you? Because uh, not me- really. I didn't. I didn't watch as much as I would have mm-hmm. liked. Um, you know, the Saints. That was obviously one of the bigger stories. You know, yeah. James. I think he only completes fourteen passes, five of them for touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one. You know, we'll see more, especially in the more competitive games. But you know, like I said, if James. If he knocks, if he can at least, if he can cut out 10 picks, you know, and you make that 15 picks and he keeps growing confidence in this offense, 
you know, you take those turnovers away, there's an all pro somewhere in there with all that talent. Like, oh yeah, you know, he's definitely, definitely. I mean, if you take away ten of his pick or probably twelve of his picks in that season, I mean, it was like thirty six to like. Then you get thirty six to like eighteen or seventeen with five thousand yards. That's five thousand yards. Yeah, an elite club. Not many people do that. No, uh, that's also gonna be interesting with this extra game. The stats that get broken and uh, yeah. you know, stats in general. I think some of these passing numbers and offensive numbers are gonna be insane yes. for the next 20 to 30 years. You won't even be able to really compare it to the record books of the past. You can't. No, you won't but, be uh, able to. Com- you can't. Like, it's the same thing with the NBA. Like, you really can't compare. You really can't compare the eras. It's hard just because of how offensive-minded the amount, like, you can get to, like, the free throw line in the NBA. Obviously, the... Uh, just how the offensive rules are gifted. Yeah, you know? the rules. I was going to say, def- offensive rules and, obviously, the prominence of the three-point shot. Like, all of that put together, it you can't compare it to like when Mike was playing. You can only assume like, oh, Mike in this game would be average even more because of yeah. You can't compare it to ten years ago. It seems no, like no. At this point, um, the, uh, my biggest my surprise of the week, other than the Saints, I watched the game from front to back. Philadelphia looked better than I thought, but the Falcons looked like garbage. Looked like absolute garbage. They need to blow it up. They just they whatever it blow it up. I j- blow it up after one week. Well, no, I thought they should have blown it up a while ago. They just look bad. I mean, they, and they, they just look cursed. They look cursed ever since the Super Bowl. Yeah, happened. no, they're, they, have the, they have all the talent in the world. I'm not ready to say blow it up yet because I mean, who knows? They still got. Oh, of they course they up. they could they could definitely they could have a winning rap. For me, it's just their defense keep just is not good and then i don't know i just feel like get rid of rid of matt ryan move on and try to start anew that's that's just me because they just since the 28 to 3 they have not been the same team whatsoever it's like the whole organization's curse like the seahawks got out of it they haven't been to a super bowl since but like the seahawks got out of it what they also won the super bowl too who was the Seahawks? Seahawks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did the year before, but I'm saying, like, after that, I was going to say, obviously, after the Marshawn Lynch play, the Legion of Boom kind of broke up. But they at least, they're now a team that's relevant every year. Obviously, that really helps when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But they're a team that's relevant every year. They actually make playoff pushes. And then the Falcons are just, they look like they've just, they're lost. They just are lost. Falcons feel a lot like the Chargers to me. Um, or I should say Matt Ryan feels a lot like Phillip Rivers to me. There was mm-hmm. a stretch there was a stretch in the early two thousand tens where the Chargers still had Phillip Rivers, but he wasn't performing as the Phillip Rivers we'd seen like four three, four seasons before that. When you know the Chargers had a stretch there where they were going neck to neck with the Patriots, you know, they had a few yeah, like 2000, yeah, like 2005 to 2009, like they were one of the, it was the Steelers, Chargers, Patriots, and Colts as your top four team, and the Ravens, they were there too, but like, those are your teams, the Chargers were right in the mix. And they kind of feel like the Chargers, you know, I think like 2009, maybe 2010 onward to like 2013, Philip Rivers had this weird stretch where you're like, man, this guy's kind of lost, and then he had this resurgence like philip rivers really i would say i don't know the last six years of his career like up until that colts that last cold season last year he uh 
he had a really great stretch to end his career with the Chargers, yeah. like truly contending teams, and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, that, he ran the Patriots one Ryan, years, and then yeah, yeah, that's kind of what Matt Ryan feels like right now in his career. It feels like he definitely has some time left. Like he's still an able quarterback, and he still got Calvin Ridley over there. They got Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got ability over there. That was a bad loss to Philly, but. I'm not really. I'm not ready to write them off yet. Never, especially in this long ass season. Especially with Kyle Pitts, he's supposed to be the next generational tight end. Yeah, uh, and I've always liked Calvin Ridley. Kind of wish they would have held on to Julio to see what it would have been with those that kind of three headed monster. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I get what you're saying though. The vibe doesn't feel great there. It does kind of feel like they got this black cloud over them. Yeah, I say they have I would say they do have pieces. I'm not making it sound like they're like garbage garbage. It's just that they need blow it up in the sense of they need just a new identity. And I feel like they have to get rid of Matt Ryan for that. I would agree with that. I would I would like to see how this season goes. I would agree with that. Especially if this season's like a losing season, I would say Trade Matt Ryan, getting new young quarterback in there, and just start and build on because Calvin Ridley's young, Kyle Pitts is young. Start getting some defensive pieces. Like you can build around a young nucleus when you have those two weapons on the outside. It's just, it just feels like they're the like the same like last year when they lost to the Cowboys in that fashion. It just felt like oh well, that's the Falcons. Like that shouldn't feel like the Falcons. Right. Like it's just like oh man, that's the Falcons. Like you expect it. But that just shouldn't feel like that. That's why I just, they need something new. Same time, though, it's hard to get, it's you know, how do you feel about Matt Ryan? It's hard to get a quarterback it, of that ilk. No, it really is. He, so, yeah, I'm re- that's a team I'm definitely looking to see how they come out the rest of yeah. the season. You know, given that they have that veteran presence with some talent. Yeah, if it doesn't work for them this year, get rid of, get rid of Matt Ryan and whoever else. Uh but, you know, staying in the NFC South, that's me if I have a surprise. That's one team I'm looking forward to this season. They're young. They've got potential is the Carolina Panthers with yes. Sam Donald and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey arguably is, you know, the best offensive weapon in the league. You could argue he's kind of a Swiss Army knife, a lot like mm-hmm. LP back in the day talking about the Chargers. No, he does. He, like- he does feel... Now, obviously, it's dominant numbers wise right now, but he does feel like Ladanian Tomlinson because it feels you're like, oh, he's a almost as good a receiver as he is a runner, and he's a much better runner than I thought he was going to be in the league. I thought because that's why I wanted the Patriots to get him because he felt like James White 2.0 when he yeah, was he coming into the league. Like he just felt like that guy, but he runs between the tackles much better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, he's probably right now. It's like him, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook for the best backs in the league. I'll throw uh, Alvin Kamara in there. And as Alvin well. Kamara, yeah, Alvin Kamara's in that. Yep, yeah, Alvin Kamara as well. I forgot him because I and think Derrick like Saquon's Derrick on Henry that next one. Derrick Henry did not look good. No, this past this past he Sunday, I will say that he couldn't get. I know, like I watched that game. It's not all on him. He couldn't get past the line. I don't know what happened to Arizona and what they felt like. I guess JJ Watt and getting that like they looked phenomenal like they just look like they were in a completely different class than the titans and i think the titans are going to have that problem a lot this year not offensively but they have no defense they they have no second like they were arizona was doing whatever they want and i think a lot of teams are going to just do whatever they want with that team especially that secondary most definitely most definitely so let me ask you this 
we've been on. I think a little over an hour here, actually. About so, an hour, yeah. My last question to you: Did you? So you watched the Monday night game? You said you fell asleep in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch? You watched the national broadcast, like the regular ESPN broadcast of that? Yes. So you did not watch? You, did you happen to catch any of the Mannings broadcast? No, I didn't. But I heard a great. I heard people love the Mannings, and I, I want to definitely check that out next week. I would highly recommend it. Uh, I, I don't see myself watching a Monday night football game without it. It was that I don't give ESPN many props nowadays, mm-hmm. but that's one of the smartest things they've ever done. That was. So what was the dynamic? Was it like there were they commenting like kind of like what Romo does every play or like what was their dynamic of that? Cause I didn't, like I couldn't. It honestly, it, really, it honestly feels just like you're watching a game with Peyton and Eli. And, uh, they got guests on during during the whole game. Mm-hmm. They uh, they started out. I missed this part. I missed a little bit of the first half. Can't remember why actually. I was somewhere. But oh no, you couldn't log in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. That's Cause right. Because I, I had to get because yeah, I get to get the Hulu information. You couldn't log in. That's right. Yeah, because you. That's right. ESPN Plus was not working with me with that. So. Yeah. So they had uh they had Charles Barkley on to begin with. I missed that. That sounded like it was. Pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. but so they had uh, they had Travis Kelsey on during the game, and they had Russell Wilson on like right at the end of the game in crunch time, and it was really interesting because it it truly felt you were just watching a game with the Mannings. They were like they were just talking football, like this is what we would do in this situation, this is what you're looking for in this situation. Uh, it was funny watching their reactions to all the bad football that was happening <laughs> in the end of the fourth quarter and overtime, like. They were just like hands on head, like wondering what the hell was going on the whole time. Yep. Uh, Peyton Manning, obviously one of the funnier athletes you'll find. He's so he's just great on there. Like he's just genuinely funny. Eli's pretty funny. Uh, it's good to not hate Eli after you know the two Super Bowls he ripped from us. Yeah. Uh, so Eli's Eli's great on TV. He has great chemistry with Peyton, obviously. So I mean, I mean you don't know you don't use Twitter, but we kind of seen. Eli's sense of humor on Twitter this last year since he's hopped on, mm-hmm. and uh, he's actually not. I mean, he's obviously like corny, but he's not too corny. Like he's pretty funny. He's 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 got some comedic chops, I guess. You know. Yeah. But uh, gets it from his brother because nah. Peyton Peyton's almost as successful outside of football as he was inside of football when it comes to him. Like he's phenomenal. He's out about there. to be. He's certainly about to be. Like I, I, I do, that might be a problem because I feel like more people are going to start watching the ESPN two broadcast more than the regular ESPN broadcast. Oh yeah, they're, they, they they're will. Great, they're funny. They're providing insight. Like they got what was it? They had Russell Wilson on. Like I said, in crunch time, and uh, I think, oh, I think it was right at the end of regulation. It would have been. It was the Raiders. They had the ball. They kicked a field goal with five seconds left instead of I think there was seven seconds left out. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was third down and they could have, you know, ran one more play to get out of bounds, to give you like five more yards. And instead they kicked the field goal and they made it and they went to overtime. And, you know, as they're getting a field goal, you know, on the field, Russell Wilson's sitting there talking like, oh, I don't like that decision. He's like me. I would have took he's like, I want would have wanted that last play to see if we could get a little more yardage there. And it was real interesting because, you know, seven seconds, with no timeouts. That's dicey because, you know, if you complete it and you're tackled in balance, the game's over. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, it was really interesting to just hear him come out and say that because I don't think you're getting that, you know, anywhere else. Like they had, they felt Travis Kelsey felt so comfortable. He was just like cussing on air. You know what I mean? Like felt barbershop kind of by the sounds of it. You know, you know how we yeah. get people in the barbershop and they kind of talk more like 
when like LeBron did that barbershop thing with like Draymond and others, like it felt, I'm guessing it felt like kind of like that where it was like you get the insight and the knowledge of these high level athletes who have done things at the highest level, but you get the relaxed nature of them. Like they're just chilling on the couch with you rather than they're in the booth trying to be professional. Yeah, more or less. Like I said, it really feels like you're at a at a like a bar or just like hanging out with the Mannings, like talking because that's they're just they're talking casual with uh with whoever's on talking about whatever besides football in between there. Yeah, you got a sense of humor, Eli riffing on pain. Like it all feels genuine. It all feels great. They got something, and you can tell from week one. It's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of entertaining moments from them. Um, like I said, that's the only way I'm going to consume Monday Night Football, and I actually. I think it was two minutes left in regulation. I was like, you know what? Because you, you can't hear the commentary in the background. Like, they completely mute the uh, the in-game commentary. So yeah. you just hear, like, the sound effects on the field. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get a feel for how this game's, you know, going with the announcers and all that. So I switched to ESPN. Plan on watching the last two minutes there. And, you know, within, I don't know, a minute, I was like, nah, I'm going, I'm going back to the other game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The other broadcast. So I thought it was much more interesting uh, Peyton and Eli are great at it. We knew Peyton would be, but Eli, yeah. like whoever came up with that idea, is that's a that's genius. a great idea. And they're gonna, it really is, it really is genius. I'm interested to see if they do something like that with the NBA. That would be great. I was just about to mention that that would actually be cool because, especially they if you can just hear the court too. Yeah, because like uh, you, well, obviously in the NFL you can't re- you can hear it because of like the microphones and things that they have, but like on the NBA you like you get to hear the court. It'd be so nice to just like hear like LeBron giving out calls or like what like whatever like hear this actually hear like coaches on the sideline instead of the mic'd up where obviously they're just gonna say whatever. It, but actually, it'd be I think that'd be cool if they did that. I don't know who you'd get for the NBA. Maybe Charles and. Well, you can't get that for uh, they're TNT. ESPN. Who would you get? Actually, who would you get? Because TNT I mean, is stealing everybody. <laughs> ideally, what they could have got was, uh, you know, they had Paul Pierce. They could have got like Paul Pierce and KG doing that. That'd yeah. be your ideal thing. Yeah. Anything with KG because he would be amazing at that. You'd obviously need to, uh, like, when he had a show on TNT, he had a cuss button <laughs> to bleep out whenever he was uh, he was talking his shit, but. Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know if ESPN would ever go with that NBA dynamic, but I would love to see it. That'd be uh, cool. Like I if think, that'd be that'd be yeah. No, that that's nah, what they should I do. KG would be perfect for that too. Like KG, I don't know. There's got to be some way. Someone I would pay if there was. I've thought of this. If there was like a, if I could get a paid, like uncut version of just like NBA players just like watching games like that, I would certainly pay like twenty five dollars for that. Like whether it was like a a yearly pass or even a game depending on the game i would definitely pay for that like that would be so much more interesting than what they have from a lot of these commentary teams in the nba yeah 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 definitely the nfl the nfl is so much farther along with their i mean i've said this time and time again on the on the podcast but you know the nfl's even their like bc team commentary teams are better than the NBA's a lot of these NBA like team commentary teams. Like obviously um, there's Jim Nance and Romo. I like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Um yeah. I like Ian Ingle. I can't think I can't think of right now who yeah. he's normally paired with, but I I like Ian Ingle a lot. Or yeah, Ian he's great. Eagle. He's great in the NBA too. Like Eagle. he's yeah. 
They've got the NBA's got great play by play guys. They need more color commentary. That's where the NFL's yeah. got them. I think again, Wade made Troy Aikman are pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. like the Patriots game, I forget who was with them. It was Kevin Harlan and someone else, but Kevin Harlan was great. Like, he's great. Yeah, uh, Kevin Harlan's as great as he's ever been now. I think he's better than he was like 20 years ago. He feels like there. Marv Albert 2.0. Kinda, yeah. He's always kind of had that Marv sound. Yeah, that Marv sound to him. Obviously, he's like, you know, Marv's an all-time legend. You know, Marv's the voice of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend, legend. But yeah, yeah, Harlan does have some, have some Marv to him for sure, for sure. But uh, anything else you want to discuss? We've been on here talking NFL. No, um, no, I wanted to talk NFL. I week one, I loved fantasy. Was a little rough for me. I uh, lost a little bit of money, nothing crazy. I got some, lost some. My team in my league with Ira is not good. We're, we we just injuries and really injuries. We have Odell out, Saquon out, J.K. Dobbins out for the year. So we're not looking great, but other than that, no. Um, I'm solid. <laughs> I enjoy talking football. So uh, when do you leave Tennessee in route to Florida? Actually, I leave next Thursday, so I'm here oh, another week. So, uh, so yeah, we'll do this again. We'll talk. We'll see what your schedule is. I know you guys got quite a few things planned down there. So uh, we'll talk. See what we can link again. Yeah. And uh, you know, will there be reviewing games, previewing games, something? But you'll hear from us in the next few days. So uh, yeah, this was Kyle. Kyle Warner of the Warner Brothers Podcast. Keen in. Thanks for having. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. up. It's our podcast. Posted this earlier, but then yeah, yeah. I took a nap. Woke up to your message, and I'm like, oh shit, we were supposed to be recording about an hour ago. So yeah, <laughs> you're glad we did this. Had a thanks nice football talk. Me. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll catch you. Have a good one. Hey, you too. All right, I'll see you.